and we are back with more of tonight's session zero of Girl by Newland. We are still answering series questions as we get to learn more about the dream, the conspiracy, and the characters who will potentially undo that conspiracy. When last we spoke, we were still describing the dream and how we enter into that space. I just want to go over the last question again before we continue, which is, what unconscious tell accompanies each of us throughout the dream? Because another thing had occurred to us in private conversation that I was just briefly reminded of. I wanted to consider broaching that possibility aloud with you all, which was, are you a version of your ideal self in the dream? For my character, at least, I don't think so. Mostly because I don't see them necessarily knowing what that idealized self is or even caring really what that is because they frame how they exist as like something oppositional to other people. Uh-huh. I think we need to determine if it is possible to be in the dreaming and not be your avatar self. For my character, I know that their avatar self is going to look and manifest very differently than their mundane self. So I'm wondering if the mundane self is carried into the dream at first and it's only when we transcend and see the avatar that it's changing. And if so, if we're determining tells to work out if the waking self is in the dream or not. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense to me that... Our dream selves can still have variety, right? Like, thinking back to Paprika, it's like, there's obviously the character has the waking self and the dream self, but even the dream self has different manifestations. Paprika goes through a lot of different form changes, outfits, and and literal form manipulation. But, like, the transcendence, like, so each of us could, in the dream, be different from our, our you know, awake selves and still not be our transcended self. So, like, if my character in the dream maybe does not wear the same, like, office attire, you know, skirt, heels, something like that, but is not necessarily, we- it might be wearing, like, a spacesuit weirdly, and you're like, why are you wearing a spacesuit? This makes sense. But is still kind of recognizably herself in a way that the transcended self would not be. The transcended self would be, again, like, a very other alter state. So I I think it makes sense to have that delineation. Mm -hmm. So the way that I am interpreting the thing, and I don't say this to potentially like color anybody's other observations, because I want to hear what, what you want to do. But the way that I read that distinction is that there is a distinction between the conscious you and this other form, which you will lay out more when we answer questions about the avatar itself. But that in the dream, you are you. But the the power of that dreamscape as a result is, because it is this separate, potentially freer, potentially less rigid space, it is possible either because you want it to be or because subconsciously that is the way that you always see yourself anyway. You have the ability to have some sort of control over what you look like. And that can be in the sense of investigating the vulnerability that we had discussed previously, an opportunity to see yourself as deeply as you wish that you could be seen in the real world and that not only does that happen naturally but it can as a result of having to deal with the conspiracy have its own risks as well because you are now inadvertently revealing a vulnerable part of yourself to your enemies do any of those things sound potentially interesting to you i'm leaning towards again like i feel like um 
for my character, I, I think initially I would like it to feel less controlled. Um, because again, I think that she's coming from a position of less agency. And so I would almost want to like, if not RNG it, then have there be a specific dream logic to whatever it is. So whereas someone else might fit, either fit their, their dream Sona better to whatever, wherever we are in the dream or have a more rigid representation of themselves no matter where we are in the dream world i feel like my characters would either be more contextual or more just completely random (laughs) i think that works for me yeah so like for example oh we're having an underwater dream so my character then is either a mermaid or is wearing a diving suit or go if if that is how other people would approach the the situation, as in other characters would fit in better, then my character be the one character that's just looking like her regular self, even though we're all underwater and she should look like something underwater, an octopus. And she's just not. She just looks like out of place all the time. So whichever way other people want to contextualize it. I feel like my character then would be kind of the odd person out, potentially, or fitting into the dream, which whichever makes more sense. Okay. And do you think that then this is a thing that is unique just to you? Or I mean, it, it depends on what other people want to do. So I'm, I'm, I feel like it's a discussion we're having. Okay. So that would be like the tell that follows you around through dream space. I think there would have to be a a secondary tell about it because so for example it's like if you wanted it to be that everybody else's character has a more fixed aspect when they enter the dream realm then I think it would make sense for my character to not have a fixed aspect and to then modify with the location in a way such that then there has to be a secondary tell be it like the weird ringtone noise or what what have you or alternately if every other character intrinsically intuitively has learned how to fit into the different places in the dream world in a way by changing their avatar their repre- not their avatar but you know the 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 way that they're represented contextually mm-hmm. then in then conversely my character would be the one that always just kind of looks out of place like they are just still themselves in a in a way because they have unsuccessfully torn down the barrier in a way to allow themselves more freedom. So I'm, I'm willing to, I like either of those scenarios I think is interesting to me. I think the idea that your character is dream logic quirky out of place as a tall would play really interesting with the fact that my character's entire hangup is that they vanish or disappear so that when they first enter, no one sees them enter and you only notice when they look over. But then after that, they always just kind of seem to slip out of perception almost whether or not they're like that because they look exactly part of the landscape or they still look like their mundane selves but they're just completely glossed over that's still up to creation logistics but i kind of like the idea that your character and mine kind of mirror each other in that sense and i also like the idea that like the same problem that plagues them on like an internal level in waking space follows them into dream space while the physical aspects of like feeling chronic pain have disappeared like the internal struggle is still there Mm. 
And then, and like the only time that they're constantly perceived is when they transcend. Mm -hmm. Because I kind of like the idea, honestly, that this person looks the same, regardless of what scenario they're from, or that they're in. And the difference is really whether other people notice them. So when they're transcended, that's when they're seen 100% of the time. They don't have to fight to be, uh, like, interpreted or understood if we want to turn that into a metaphor, or basically just accepted as a part of everything everyday life so they look entirely normal they're just finally there for other people for other people yeah i'm thinking of something weird enough like doctor who here where it's kind of like the doctor is just the doctor but the doctor does have different faces i mean those two different generations but the doctor is the doctor no matter where they are what time period they're in and doctor companions often will put on costumes to try to at least fit in a little bit even if they can't speak right or you know whatever so just to what degree, because there still is generally a weird acceptance of the doctor, <laughs> despite all logic, like, because that could be a function of the dream as well, that like, no matter how the characters look, they are just integrated into the dream logic with or without any physical changes, or they can physically change. That, I think that that would be very neat to play with. The idea that you are that the dream is allowing you to interact because it doesn't know what your decision is going to be until you do a thing in it, and then it responds to the decision that you do make based on its potential to to pose a risk to it, um, and that's where the conflict arises, um, which I think would be kind of interesting to, to observe. Um, does anyone else have any any anything uh, anything else that uh, they wanted to raise before we continue to the next question? So I'll make sure as much as possible when it comes to these things, this and the next question in particular that everybody um, feels like we're on the same page. I think we're good to keep moving. Cool. Uh, this is where uh, it gets even more interesting then. What is your avatar? A perfect expression of your identity and will. It lives inside you, but has its own thoughts, emotions, and desires, and is alien to you. When you transcend, your avatar manifests and takes possession of your body. What dark secrets are they hiding? What do they yearn for? Why do you fear yours? Because Yuri mentioned uh, Yukio earlier, just thinking of, again, the protags, shit, um, whenever the Millennium Puzzle goes disco. Oh <laughs> yes, um, I have grown a foot in height and my hair is so much better. Mm-hmm. I am Spike here, and I have changed voice actors. Yes, I mean when my you're really... entire wardrobe has shifted. When you really actually think about it, Yami Yugi is perhaps the best, the like the best touchstone for an avatar in any piece of media. Because if Yugi and Yami Yugi both agree that they just want to win this card game, everything is fine. But often they will have disagreements on whether someone deserves to be murdered. No, I still feel that the single best scene in all of original Yu-Gi-Oh! is when little Yugi sets up a date for Yami Yugi and Anzu pulls out Yami, bops into the puzzle himself to hide, and when Anzu walks in, Yami is screaming at the puzzle, What are you doing? This isn't a card game, this isn't what we agreed on. Yeah, oh lord. Yu-Gi-Oh! is so weird and silly. But yes. So I will start with my character is a she, her in the waking world and their avatar is a they, them. With a substantial, like, physical appearance change. Hmm. Completely different ass hairstyles for starters. Okay. 
So I'm intrigued by, uh, I mean, I will say this uh, ahead of everybody else's thoughts because I will uh, come to you all in a moment. But because it stands out to me, I am intrigued by the questions of how one, how one's avatar's perception in the dream is also a part of your PC's struggle with their own self-concept. Because mm. if your avatar is, by nature, a separate entity to you, even though it resides within you, it means that you must also have feelings not only about the fact that you can portray yourself in this way in the dream, but that it stops being you and it is somewhat disconnected from you and has its own will. So I'm very curious if you've given any thoughts to that already as a result. I have given such extensive thoughts to this. <laughs> I've been extensively thinking about this for the last two and a half years before we even heard of this game. <laughs> okay, duly noted. In the interest of these questions then, as a result, I want to start backwards in that direction because of the potential for that question. Why do you fear your avatar? I think to the big character, the avatar is a symbol of transgression and deviance. And essentially, if one was to become the avatar, they would be their perfect self, but it would be even harder for them in owning that power to live in the society around them. Mm. So... Fear of the self, which is really just a fear of how difficult it would be to be that self, for reasons that aren't even your fault. And I take it as a result that some part of that fear is also a kind of bitterness. Like, I wish it could be this easy, but I know that it isn't and I'm not going to risk it. Oh my goodness, such fertile drama. What does your avatar yearn for? So, for me, the desires are going to be intimacy and agency. And I take it you already have a virtue as well. Let's roll elegant. Okay, I like this a lot. Hmm, what dark secrets are they hiding? (laughs) Oh, do we want to discover that? Is that a thing that you want to reveal now? Is that a thing that you want to reveal through play? We will reveal this through play. Okay, duly noted. I trust you implicitly. So, skipping randomly, Valerie, have you given any thoughts to your avatar? I have, primarily because, again, I feel like we're we're now sort of like tightening up where where this is going to go. I think that the avatar of this character is probably going to be larger so, <laughs> mm-hmm. one of the thing that, things that interests me is Steven Universe and the notion of the combining of gems into larger gems. And mm-hmm. so, I think that I think that this character wants to be a giant woman. I think that's <laughs> that something large and possibly bayonetta like is going to be on the table here because I think again, in I think in her daily life she is very like mousy, unobtrusive professional okay and I'm in so, love already yeah yeah i think that's gonna probably be be something there so, and a lot of what yuri was saying about the different fears in terms of like like yeah i think that her virtue is probably gonna be brave because i think in her daily life she is not i think she is very much a person who does as she is told mm-hmm. and tends not to try to rock the boat even when she sees bad things happening mm-hmm. like she might try to voice a concern in the most female couched in lots of you know maybe perhaps you might think per- consider not doing something like this because of this reason you know just trying to cushion it so much that it, it is it lacks all urgency or um uh reality 
And so I think brave for her. And then I think for desires, I think agency is definitely going to be one of them as well. But I'm I'm trying to decide whether because the control and agency have a similar thing, but agency is control over the self, and control feels like control over others. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she wants control over others, but I think possibly escape is going to be the other one for her. If not escape, then maybe overthrow. So yeah, definitely agency though is going to be one of them. Right. So a thing that was occurring in my brain is I wanted to ask a question specifically about that size issue because Blades in the Dark mechanically has an issue with scale. Yeah, it um, doesn't have to literally be a giant woman. It could just yes. be like... <laughs> like I was going to ask, are we are, are we obsidian or are we just Shira? Jasper? Um, Maybe. <laughs> yes. Okay, duly noted. I just wanted to be aware. But of yeah, Shira, Shira's is a good. Yeah, yeah. Like again, like going from I'm a, a reasonable sized person to I'm a Shira sized person. <laughs> yeah. I used to be five foot. Now I'm six foot nine. <laughs> so yes, I dig this a lot. This works. Mike, what are your thoughts? I have been chewing on many thoughts. Um, I am. I'm thinking that my avatar is like a uh, a painted marble statue from this world's analog to the like the roman period or the classical period but still painted in the way that the statues that we have tend to not be painted barring the the few that have like where there's been like reconstruction of like this is what this actually looked like so i'm imagining a like uh, a moving statue that like of a a physical mold in the style of like the the character Liberty from Eugene Delacroix's Liberty Leading the People from the July Revolution, and then some of the American analogs to that. Like I think there's there was some early set of imagery where there was a character Marianne who is associated with one or another of these revolutions. And so I'm imagining a character who is in that mold in terms of personality and iconography. So the, the very much like leading from the front revolutionary figure and that this this character is part of my character, but not uh, all of the character. So the relationship between the, the untranscended character and the transcended character is more like ego, super ego, or ego id, where the avatar is certain parts of you turned up a bunch. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, you know that one episode of most science fiction television shows where somebody is accidentally split into their very best self and their very worst self? Right. Yeah, because I'm torn between bright or clever for virtue, and I'm thinking adoration and overthrow for desires. In the idea that a figure like this, while aspirational, because of the way the type of game we're playing has to be compromised or flawed in some ways, I am, I'm tempted to, to do just the most obvious and name this avatar deed as in the propaganda of the deed in revolutionary politics. The idea that you just have to blow up the right thing and then the whole world will change, which obviously has large problems. So then the avatar's name would just be D. The other option would be to to use something that's more like a um, like a divine verse, divine name. So it'd be like liberty, freedom, something, something, something. I like the idea of just single, just a noun. Um, that's yeah. really rad. Um, so 
What about your avatar do you fear about? I think that the avatar is like too uh, is is too bold, and to be the avatar would get this character killed in minutes in the waking world. And so there is a great fear in putting all of yourself on the line for what you believe in, of not being able to go home after the pro- protest. And this avatar requires that level of 100% commitment, which I think fits for the Guardian playbook. Because like I'm keeping I'm keeping Eclipse in mind as well. I like this a lot. That you are afraid of the consequences of doing the right thing, and that as a result, especially as a result of the desires that you've established for this avatar, they could just go, "Well, you will suffer those consequences. It has nothing to do with me. I'm gonna do the thing." Uh, and you have interacted with that in your own way. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm gonna settle on clever for a virtue, unless someone else is really looking to do that. Because I think having variety is good. Well, then I, sh- I guess we should move on to you to find out um, if they're interested in being, if they're interested in the avatar being clever. So I'll ask you the same questions. Um, what are your thoughts on your avatar? Um, I am not looking to take clever as the virtue might, so you can take that if that is your indeed final decision. For my character, I was thinking of taking the virtue serene, um, just because in their everyday mundane state, they're very agitated. They're constantly looking for a problem or a person or a situation to hurl um, themselves against. Um, they're literally the person who's always looking for a fight. And that in turn ties into why they would be afraid of their own avatar because like the way they exist is not fun. <laughs> they don't enjoy constantly looking for a fight or constantly needing someone to be better than or constantly like just being super dissatisfied and like full of rage against a million things at once. Their avatar frightens them because I like to hold on to the notion that their avatar has like a very serene kind of rage, like the the kind of anger and like honed down fury that becomes directed and that becomes productive, that lets you, you know, really buckle down and have immense clarity about a task as opposed to like the fog of just needing to like beat the crap out of something or or like just destroy yourself against a task for its own sake as opposed to actually achieving something. And so the mundane self would fear the avatar because ultimately accepting it would be reckoning and accepting the fact that, you know, all that suffering was not necessary. And in a sense, all that suffering was self-inflicted. Like, you didn't need to be this kind of mad in order to get something done. You didn't need to be this kind of hurting and enraged and lost to find the path to do the right thing, so to speak. Um, So it's like that fear of having lost time, um, which would be interesting uh, tied into like the rest of the world being liminal space. That'd be really cool. And I think for the Avatar Desires, um, I think Overthrow and Supremacy would be the closest thing because the Avatar is like the version of this mundane self that's finally perceived and finally listened to and finally able to impact the world. So Overthrow is not quite the right word, but I think Capitulation or Acknowledgement uh, uh-huh. is I'm trying to go for so like it doesn't necessarily like, want power but they do not necessarily but be. they want yeah they want to be able to like have that presence to be able to like part the sea so to speak mm-hmm. like they there is a word on the tip of my tongue that you are that you are empowering in this moment that I really really dig is it like it's not authority either because authority also comes with a certain level of 
actual power, but like... I think impulsion, because they're impelling people to do something. Yeah. Or because conviction is the noun of what they are doing to other people. Mm-hmm. And like the impelling is to like create that. Because the only other word that comes to mind is clout, and I'm not going to write clout. But I do know what you're going for, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm, yeah. And also kind of playing off of Mike's idea of looking like a statue, I, again, pulling into the visual element of being eclipsed, I kind of want to go through, like, the crystal person that Kida becomes in Atlantis, the Lost Empire. And so, like, when they eclipse, they literally go dark. Yeah, just kind of playing off of that idea. <laughs> But like their their figure still is very mundane. Like I, I like the idea that this person is still in like their day to day like job clothes and stuff when they enter the dream world and when they become crystal illuminated part of the diamond person, they're still <laughs> like I don't know, in their shop apron uh, or something like that. But they have that overwhelming supernatural presence wrapped up in something very mundane. And also I am realizing at the insistence of several people that the word that we're looking for is perhaps an influence um i think that works mm-hmm. so with that iori what does your avatar look like definitely like much shorter hair than the character has in the waking world a different color i think i'm really sorry i don't know the name of this color in english but it's and I am looking to see if I can just find... Okay, the name of this color in English is hashtag 89C3EB, okay? <laughs> it's like a light grayish pale blue. Ah, okay, okay. And, like, the avatar self is more visibly androgynous, I think. Yeah, it's almost almost a robin's egg blue. No, okay. that robin's egg blue is like Tiffany blue. This one has much more gray in it. I'm having so many feelings about the fact that we are briefly into the weeds about color. Because that's exactly the kind of that's the kind exactly the kind of mode that I want this to be on a regular basis. <laughs> when in another lifetime, when I was in grad school, we regularly referred to the traditional colors dictionary uh-huh. because they were this was necessary for parsing all the really complex um, kimono layering patterns that were used in the ancient court. <laughs> So now, like, my entire vocabulary, my entire, like, sense of colors has been reinformed by this because there are so many very precise shades of blue and purple and so forth. I see. Duly noted. I'm going to literally write that code. (laughs) Like, I think the best way I could translate it directly to English would be the color of forget-me-not grass. Wasser and Nagasa is a plant. It's used in poetry to make puns about not forgetting things, so... Oh, yes, I know. I have a lot of feelings about it because um, it's unnecessarily mm-hmm. poetic in every language. Don't get me don't get me started mm-hmm. about Finnish. But yes, yes, I think this a lot. Rothgod in chat has it right. It's like gray-blue, but weird. Weird is exactly what we're going for, so I dig this a lot. I think I have everything uh, on that front, except for... So I have all of the virtues and desires for all of your uh, avatars. But now, they need names. Following in Mike's footsteps, I will recommend, although you do not need to do the thing, um, that if we are acting under the assumption that all of these avatars are theoretically from the same space or from the same of the same drive that they have generated from the same ultimate process... 
that they should all have similar names. So if we are agreeing as a result that the name of Mike's character's avatar is Deed, then it would stand to reason that all, uh, all of your names, all of your avatar names would be singular noun. But that can also be complicated, obviously, because Deed as a noun is both describing a co- describing a countable object and describing an abstract um so you are you are free to consider that complexly uh, as you will um i will also say that if that is, if if you do not have the, the spoons bones what do we call them now to process that name now you do not have to but we will get to that but so long as we can get to the point uh i can know what your avatar's name is that would be very useful as well um so if anybody has an idea then about what their avatar's name is i would like to hear it because i wound up taking the playbook that i was eyeing my thought for their mundane name would be ruth and the name for their transcendent self would be ruthless <laughs> I like that a lot. I also have an adjective name. Mm-hmm. My avatar is bitter. Uh-huh. And flowery? Yeah, I still have to think about mine, I think. <laughs> cool. Um, we will get to that point. Um, and I am noting that I now have Yoi's character's name, and I will get to everyone's other character stuff in a bit, but I want to get through all of the series questions first. So, next. Our transgressions. How do we defy the dream's form and order? Is it about not being subsumed by, or actually, is the dream not the conspiracy? The dream, not the conspiracy. That's a different answer, sorry. I mean, the dream can also potentially have its own will and seek to make you a part of that will if that is a matter of seeing you as a part of itself or always wanting to make things weird and strange around you. Just because it is called form and order doesn't mean doesn't mean that it has to be neat and tidy as well. I yeah. think the way we defy the dream might be the sheer fact of our lucidity and agency within it. Uh-huh. Agency's coming up a lot and I like it. We have a piece of paper that lets us do what we want. <laughs> It's the paper from Doctor Who, but it literally just says. I actually was thinking Ron Swanson. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, thought you, I thought you meant the character sheet. <laughs> well, both. The character sheet says, I do what I want. <laughs> does anyone else have any ideas or does that work for everyone? Yeah, I think, for me. I think with the agency, there's the question of like, do each of us kind of assert our own, our own form and order within the dream rather than that which is given to us? And I think that that also fits the conspiracy in its own way as well, very obviously, since we are discussing history, etc. There is room for that to be a sense of, are you being honest about your own space and your own place in society? Or is society trying to tell you what is real about you and your world? The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com
Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.